program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. And good afternoon. Welcome to the Transformation for Success show. And I hope you are having a great day. This is your radio show host, Dr. Barbara Young, on the Transformation for Success show, Voice America Empowerment channel. Now, you see, I got so excited. Listen, I want you to stay tuned to this interesting show today, and I'm sure what you learned will be valuable information to assist you on your transformation journey. Today, we are discussing a hot topic, how to navigate through relationship barrenness. So I want you to listen up, get your pads, get your pencils, get ready, because we've got a very special guest Mr. Hammond Bolden, who is going to share with us today about heartbreak, well, I should say spiritual heart disease. Now, you can download this discussion as it's archived immediately after the show. I am here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I invite you, listeners, tune in each week. And I reiterate, I have in my studio today my guest, Mr. Hammond Bolden, who's a life empowerment coach and IT guru who's executive director of the Pass the Mentoring Torch for Boys of the Success for You Foundation. Callers, you're welcome to call in with your questions and or you can join in the conversation today. I can assure you it's going to be really, really interesting and provocative. You can send me your comments and feedback if you don't want to call in at info at transformationforsuccess.com. You can also call me on a toll-free number listed on my website, which is www.transformationforsuccess.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and you can access me through these channels. Now, I want you to go to my website. Again, I give you the call letters. It's www.transformationforsuccess.com. There, you'll find more information about me if you haven't already done so, my life empowerment seminars, coaching sessions for individuals and groups, my webinars, and networking events. You know, each week, I wake up passionate about the opportunity to share with you the transformation stories of the lives of men and women to give you not only information, but inspirational messages of hope and encouragement for you to make an action plan to make a difference in your lives. I firmly believe that integrating and feeding the spirit, soul, and body is the key to transforming one's life for greater personal and professional success. Now, mind you, this is a show for everyone around the globe, the young, the bold, the seasoned, and the restless. So be sure to tune in each week. Get your friends to listen in, either live or download these shows to be inspired, empowered, 
challenged and energized to hear the amazing journeys of successful individuals from all walks of life and professions, and my many interesting guests from all around the world. I want to thank you for those emails and words of encouragement because, listeners, I really do appreciate hearing from you and getting feedback from you as to how things are going for you and are you realizing some success as you listen to these stories and the commentary that I provide each week. Again, today's show is about how to navigate through relationship barrenness. So my guest today, again, is Mr. Hammond Bolden, life empowerment coach and IT guru who's executive director of the Past Submitting Torch for Boys of the Success for You Foundation. He's a former president and CEO of HAB Enterprises. Hammond is a sought-after speaker, and he's worked with a wide range of young men and adult men in many different venues. Now, Hammond has conducted specific research on what he calls spiritual heart issues and spoken on this topic of the effects of spiritual heart disease. So he's here today to share with us some of his research and viewpoints. So welcome, Mr. Hammond Bolden. It's a pleasure to have you on the program today. Thank you for having me, Dr. Young. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. First of all, Mr. Bolden, what is meant by spiritual heart disease, and particularly as it relates to relationships? Very good question. Uh, first, I you know, want to state the obvious, that the discussion, of course, we're talking about is, is not so much about the heart as a vital organ, a muscle mm-hmm. that pumps you know, blood throughout the body. Mm-hmm. Neither you know, the discussion concerned with romanticism, philosophical, maybe even literary definitions. What we'd like to focus on, really, is what the research that I've done on what the Bible and other things that I have done my research on has said about the heart. And mm-hmm. openly, when I start to talk with folks in, in relationship to this particular subject, I tend to start with um, basically one of the number one causes of death, as we know in, in you know, our nation today, is mm-hmm. uh, coronary heart disease. So I kind of tie in that spiritual heart disease uh, basically is talking a little bit about how the spiritual heart, which is connected to what God has, uh, in stored for you, not so much your brain or, you know, but just your spirit. So I kind of use that definition to define, you know, the difference between the physical heart, which is to sustain life on earth, but we must mm-hmm. also take proper care of the spiritual heart to sustain life in the hereafter. So I usually use a breakdown on how to distinguish between the spiritual heart disease as well as some of the mm-hmm. regular heart diseases that we have. As it relates to relationships, oftentimes there's things that we consider or the things we focus on the most we become. So if we focus on a lot of the pain that we've mm-hmm. had in relationships, our heart can become heavy, hard, bruised, wounded, um, and oftentimes you may have rebellion, mm-hmm. offenses, and different other things that start stemming from your heart, which starts to cause it to become hard. And then and as a result of the hardness of the heart, we start building defense mechanisms, which will be walls uh, to keep people out, things out, which causes us very hard to mm-hmm. really function in life and allow us to be more sensitive. Now, Mr. Bolton, many people don't even use the term spiritual heart disease. So uh, what, what do you say? I mean, do you say all this to people in your messages on spiritual heart disease? And that was a, uh, a very profound sort of definition. But what is the analogy between the spiritual heart and the physical heart? And I know you're not a medical doctor, but what, what do you see as the analogy between those, the two? Good question. Our physical heart becomes diseased when we fail 
as we all know, to maintain a nutritional diet for a healthy mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. Well, in turn, our spiritual heart will also become diseased when we fail to feast upon the word that God has provided for us. Uh, there's a scripture in the, apostle, in the word that from Apostle Paul and Peter, and they use the term milk and, and meat, physical food, which is to explain the spiritual diet one must eat. So one of the duties uh, that we see in our pastors, our ministers, and elders in our local churches today is to feed the church. And so that feeding is the milk, the food, the meat of the Word that God has provided versus things we do with the physical heart. We need to maintain nutritional diet. I understand that you had mentioned earlier in one of your questions that we'll probably address on some of the you know, indicators on what things that we need to feast on for the healthy heart, and we right. talk about, you know, protein right. and different things that we need for mm-hmm. heart, potassium, mm-hmm. sodium, carbohydrates, and even fat are great contributors to heart, you know, to heart healthiness. Well, as okay. far as spiritual healthiness, we also mm-hmm. need to be aware of how the heart can become diseased when we fail to feast upon what God has provided. Well, I recognize that the path of spiritual healing is a powerful one, but not everyone is maybe tuned into the spiritual aspects of healing, but more into focusing on the mind. So how do we switch from focusing on the mind? Because you'll hear, you know, mind mapping, mind matters, how to change your mind, positive thinking uh, in terms of the realm of the heart. Because it's a sad truth that I know many people today live their lives uh, feeling brokenhearted after some major event with a significant other or a close relationship. So how do we, how do we switch from focusing on the, the mind into the realm of the heart? Good question as well. Now, as you know, um, you won't find in any medical journals or AMA knowing anything about spiritual, quote-unquote, heart disease. Mm-hmm. Your doctor can't detect it or treat it. Uh, the Word of God, the Bible, basically describes this malady. It's basically in the Bible, and it's most commonly and deadly than coronary heart disease because it's, it must be diagnosed and treated, for if it's not treated, it can end in a Christian's hope um, of eternal life. So mm-hmm. we must first understand, in regards to your question, that when the Bible refers to the heart, it's usually using the figure of speech. So we're Mm -hmm. going to talk about a metonymy, which is to indicate the seat of emotion and intellect, the Mm -hmm. innermost nature of a man or woman, not referring to the organ itself. And so that's pretty much how we can discern between the difference of the mind and then relation to the heart, is that we have to understand that when the word or the Bible refers to the heart, it's usually using a figure of speech, but it is in reference to the mind. I mean, the will, okay. the emotions, mm-hmm. and the intellect of, our, you know, of each man and woman. And God has much to say about the human heart and the diseased state, Dr. Young, that's char- mm-hmm. characterized by its hardening. And there's a lot of things that we can look at quintessentially about some examples of hardness of a heart. There's things that talk about, I'm pretty sure people have saw this awesome movie called The Ten Commandments. You remember that movie, Dr. Young? Yes, I do. Of course I do. And that, mm-hmm. that movie that we've profoundly seen for so long, um, talks about uh, some, some certain signs and miracles that happened in a nation, and the Pharaoh's heart was hardened. 
And so here's some of the things that we can look at that are not talking about his mind, but it was his heart. And, uh, he, you know, Moses goes into Egypt and, and does his thing, and, and uh, God does his thing. And then when uh, Moses uh, talked to Pharaoh, looking at all these wonders which God had done, it says that his heart was hardened and that he would not let the people go. So oftentimes uh, it's not about the mind. It's actually the actual spiritual heart that has become callous, that has become um, rebellious against the things that you've been created to do. Well, Hence, you know, spiritual you mentioned, <laughs> heart disease. Well, yeah. you mentioned uh, the hard-hearted. I mean, it's sort of going into a uh, hardened heart. Uh, yes. There are, there are so many things uh, in the world today and many, many things that impact people's lives. What are some of the, the major causes of hardened hearts? And then, more importantly, how can they be fixed? Because I tell you, it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy fix. But tell me your viewpoint on some of the causes of a hardened heart, and how can they be fixed? Um, yes. With, with, you know, just with the study, you know, of the Word and with the research, um, as well as just me hanging out uh, and kind of meditating and listening to really what was going on, I, I basically was on a flight um, leaving uh, to visit my son up north, and I was reading a particular story about, um, you know, Jesus walking on the water <laughs> to his disciples. Mm -hmm. And they were in a terrible storm, and uh, after nine hours of rowing and, and toiling, they were only halfway across the Sea of Galilee, which normally only takes two hours. And some of these men that were in the boat were fishermen. And so I, I realized that they were in trouble, and they were fighting for their lives. And I realized for me personally, there were some issues that I was struggling with and fighting with basically for my life. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting on this airplane just kind of taking a look at this, and I look at here and read that Jesus was walking on top of the very thing that was trying to kill or destroy the disciples, and he was totally in control. So it, it, it impacted me so, Dr. Young, that I actually put the Bible down for a moment and just kind of stared out the window in the plane, and I noticed a layer of clouds was like beneath the plane. Mm -hmm. So it, what I did is I started to imagine, I wonder, I thought about what it would be like to see Jesus walking on the clouds. <laughs> uh, you know, I said, whoa, which that's not any more impossible than him walking on water, right? Mm -hmm. So I was absolutely awestruck as I considered this, and I continued to read, and I saw something that really kind of uh, made me wake up a little more so than I did, especially looking at my struggles. And I read that in the latter part of, of my reading, I saw that they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. And that's exactly the way I felt. And there could be some listeners even, and some of the folks that I talk to in many of the uh, workshops and seminars that I do that also wonder themselves. It's kind of like the same way they felt. They thought to themselves that anyone who really thought about the magnitude of that miracle should feel the same way. They should be shocked and amazed at the miraculous power of what they had witnessed. Then I read the next verse. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. So that's when I began to understand some of the causes and some of the solutions for a hard heart. And some of those causes have a relationship to barrenness, which was one of the topics of our discussion today. It can mm -hmm. be caused by sin, offenses, wounds, rebellion, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and oftentimes anything that you do without your heart tends to not last. 
you know, when you lose the heart for the need of people or the need to be- become successful in business, when your heart becomes hardened, you tend to forget the need of the people, relationships included as well. You're in a relationship where it's marital and you two are understanding the importance of giving to one another and then someone gets hurt. Uh, trust is violated. <clears throat> Something goes on and there's offenses that start to come and then defense mechanisms start to raise up. Certain things or patterns that he or she may start doing cause you to feel as though you're going to be hurt again or you're going to be lied to again. So your heart starts to build these defense mechanisms to keep yourself from seeing something that can be amazingly transformed in your life because you're looking outside instead of inside. Make sense? Well, listen, and it makes sense. But, you know, one of the things that, that you're talking about, people seeing some of the miracles and understanding some of the messages uh, in the Bible. But, Hammond, let's be realistic. There are, and you've dealt with a number of men uh, and women uh, in some of your seminars and experiences who dealt with hard hearts. How, what kinds of people were they? What did you share with these people in, in an effort to turn them around who maybe weren't interested in seeing how Jesus walked on the water, weren't interested in biblical verses because some people, they, they're, they're not there yet. So how do you turn them around? How do you have them navigate through what you call relationship barrenness because they have a hard heart? First thing that we talk about is your circle of influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, many symptoms and indications of physical heart disease. Likewise, there are symptoms of spiritual heart disease. And what most noticeable is choosing to spend more time with people who pull you away from mm-hmm. your destiny, from the plan and purpose uh, that, you, that you may have even thought about doing. And instead mm-hmm. of surrounding yourself with people who will uplift and encourage you, you're surrounding yourself with spending more time with people that will pull you away. So those are the things we first want to look at as some identifying factors in our close circle that could possibly be uh, causing toxic relationships uh, in, in your life. Uh, because, again, when we talk about the spiritual heart, we're talking about, you know, just not only just heart, but desires and thoughts mm-hmm. and reasoning. Uh, most importantly, your faith and belief. Do you, do you believe in yourself that you can do this? Do you have faith and confidence in yourself? And oftentimes we have been so hurt and damaged over certain things, especially in mm-hmm. adolescence, uh, things that we've grown with, things we had to deal with, where we were the only child, the middle child, all types of things, being bullied in life and just being assaulted in life and all these different things that we had to grow up and to deal with. Our mm-hmm. heart becomes heart are hard and heavy. It causes one person's ability to be dull. Um, they think they can perceive and understand, but actually they, they're unable to really successfully see clearly because of the hardness of the heart. So it's just not only spiritual, uh, but we attack you know, a little bit of the, of the psychology part of it to understand mm-hmm. first locating and identifying and isolating some of the areas that have caused your heart to be hard. And again, we talk about um, what, first of all, what types of things or people that are influencing you negatively. And that's one of the first steps that we mm-hmm. start to do and mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. identify in some of our workshops. Have you um, discovered that dealing with people who are hard-hearted or even broken-hearted, that uh, bottom line, there was uh, one 
point that I'm going to make, and that's unforgiveness. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, what I mean, what what I've discovered, um, and I'm and I'm I'm asking you this question: Have you discovered? When you start to peel away the layers and you identify some of the things that have caused people to be rebellious, angry, uh, what bottom line is happening there? Is it the unforgiveness that's a, that's a big factor? And how do they, and how do you counsel or advise them to work through that? Very good. Uh, well, again, uh, the, identifying uh, the hardest of the heart is a spiritual condition, and it's, there's certain attributes, uh, Dr. Young, that we want to identify. Um, mm-hmm. ins- insensitivity um, to, to the spiritual aspect um, of life. Insensitivity to the potential of spirit involvement in the physical realm. Um, the failure to consider um, that you are a spirit being, maybe even if it's related to unbelief. Then we may talk about the inability to see and make a connection with a process or an event. Maybe the inability to process mentally the spiritual component mm-hmm. of our experiences. And it becomes a spiritual disease which starts to affect our way of reasoning and understanding, you know, how to discern, how to understand why did someone hurt me, and we hold that pain in, and therefore, instead of forgiveness, which is giving up your right for being right, oftentimes we think, well, since they did it, they owe me to apologize to me, mm-hmm. or they need to ask me to forgive them. But when you give up your right first, even though you are right, it causes a release, even chemically, in the enzymes of your uh, neurotransmitters, where the heaviness and the burden of what you carried for however long begins to start working in your favor. You give up the right of them owning the pain that they caused on you by first releasing it. So we talk about the unforgiveness and how it can it can sorely vex one's success, one's you know destiny, mm-hmm. one's life when you're holding on to unforgiveness, uh, which is a great point that you brought up. But that's one of the steps that we talk about is mm-hmm. again identifying areas where if there's been things or people that have brought harm hurt and pain in your life, let's take a look at that, let's take a look at them, and let's begin to identify and isolate some things, and we go through certain exercises that we need to go through in which to identify the pain, whether it's writing it down, writing a name down, or writing it just that person down. There was, matter of fact, one uh, workshop I did last year um, uh, up here in Palm Desert, and uh, we did an exercise where I actually stood in proxy. Uh, I stood on the behalf of men that have hurt and harmed the women that were in the room. And so I just stood in front of the entire uh, um, conference room with my hand stretched out, and I just began to say to them, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I caused pain in your life. Please forgive me. I, I blew it. I knew I lied to you. I never told you the truth about that thing, and I just want to let you know now I'm sorry. Whatever you need to know, I'm willing to make it up to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mm-hmm. began to go through a process, and there wasn't a dry eye in there. These women just broke down because they needed to feel that and hear that, you know, mm-hmm. from someone, even though it wasn't the, per- the person that brought the harm, but the right. exercise was so by proxy. Mm-hmm. Yes, and in, in, in order to help them process and move to the next level and phase of the workshop. Well, Hammond, tell me from a personal level uh, how you have worked through some of these things in your own transformation journey. So what happened to you and how did you overcome? Were you ever hard-hearted or broken-hearted? And how did you overcome to develop the, into the person you are today to be able to talk to people about it? 
Well, first of all, uh, Dr. Young, I used to think, um, you know, that hard-hearted people meant God-haters or something. You know, I mean, hard-hearted, mm-hmm. you know, people in rebellion or something. And and then one day, uh, you know, it was like, no, Hammond, you, you have a hard heart. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I said, oh, do I? And I began to look back, uh, Dr. Young, and when I heard that, it was it was... It, I took it personal, and I took ownership of that. Why am? Why was my heart hard? And mm-hmm. I began to look back in childhood, and here mm-hmm. I was, this young, um, young man, uh, you know, young boy, growing up, you know, and and just not really being able to identify. I had, uh, you know, curly hair and, uh, uh, you know, beautiful skin and beautiful teeth and trying to relate to other people. They were thinking that I, you know, was someone else, and they started calling me names. And, I was, you know, it wasn't too much of the bullying, but it was just a name-calling. And the name-calling, the things that some of these kids were saying when I was in the second and third grade had such a negative impact that I really didn't know until way later. So as I move into adolescence, I'm just not understanding how to relate to people. I was very quiet, uh, but I was very athletic. I always just felt like I could accomplish anything athletically, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, playing sports, uh, running. Mm-hmm. This I was just mm-hmm. always wanting to be outdoors and have fun and play baseball, football, basketball, whatever it was. But when it came to communicating and socializing with people, I would just sit in a corner and, and just be by myself. And so I had to realize when I took a step back to look at some of those things that caused my heart to be hardened as an adult, I said, wow, I saw that my my ability to perceive and understand relationships, I was, it how was, was hard. Your, how was your relationship with your parents, and was it something that uh, caused, uh, other than uh, name-calling, which I still say name-calling is a part of bullying, uh, that that how, how did you you know work through that did, did you have some challenges uh that even led more to a hardened heart and with relationships with with girls with women how did that all come about i'm just well, intrigued <laughs> you know with with the parents dr young on that particular line of question there uh you know i get verbally assaulted and it would either be try to walk away or fight mm-hmm. And some of the fights that I engaged in, um, mm-hmm. you know, win or lose or draw, I go home, you know, straight home and crying and run into my room, and my parents don't pay attention. And then when they do, I began to get angry at them, and I began to blame them for even bringing me into this world, having me look the way I looked. I mean, I just didn't know who to blame, who to talk to about everything that I was dealing with at this mm-hmm. young age. Mm-hmm. So I began to use a blame game. There, it had to be them. Why did you make me look the way I looked? You know, not understanding how, mm-hmm. you know, genetics work and all this, that, and the other, but I was just looking to blame someone. I needed to figure this out. Why are people picking on me? You know, why are my parents not mm-hmm. defending me? Why are they not helping me manage through this? So, yeah, my heart became hardened toward even my parents. Wow. Wow. That, and a lot yeah. of that's going on today uh, sure. with, I think, uh, children, uh, teenagers na- trying to navigate adolescence and not realizing that parents were are there really to help you did you ever share that share your feelings with your parents about about your feelings see a lot of this has because we don't have that communication going so let me share this with you mr bolden um 
I am so delighted to have you on the show today, but we're going to have to take a little short break, and we'll be right back, listeners, as we continue our conversation with Mr. Bolden on how to navigate through relationship barrenness. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back. We've got a lot more discussion to go. Thank you. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home, and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanki. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanki can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, and welcome back to Transformation for Success show with my guest today, Mr. Hammond Bolden, Life Empowerment Coach and IT Guru, who's executive director of the Pass the Mittering Torch for Boys of the Success for You Foundation. Mr. Bolden, I want to thank you today for being on the show again and with this heavy discussion on hard-heartedness and the brokenhearted and, more importantly, spiritual, what we're calling spiritual heart disease. Um, Before we went to break, you were talking about your experiences as a young man growing up and having a hard heart from bullying and things that happened and your parents not being sensitive to what was going on with you. So how did you transform uh, yourself into being this person that you are today? Well, as we left before the break, talked about a little bit of some of the early uh, childhood issues mm-hmm. of, of my spiritual heart and how I had developed hardness and brokenness. And some of the things that I began to uh, understand was 
it required myself, it required a personal effort and some sacrifice to begin to work on the inside out. So what it, pretty much I began to turn, um, not physically, but um, uh, internally my, my eyes on the inside. I just began to look on the inside of me and find out, uh, let's locate, let's identify some things on really what it was that caused uh, your heart to be hardened. Mm-hmm. And again, Dr. Young, some of the... Um, causes, you know, of, of just a hard heart are so many, and, and you know, pride um, can, can sometimes affect and cause the heart to be heavy and hard. And mm-hmm. I began to get um, arrogant and, and proudful um, that I could do it myself, and I realized later that uh, that was doing anything, doing nothing better but to bring benefit to my hardness. So it became more callous. So, of course, I started to develop, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, about defense mechanisms. And so I began to use these defense mechanisms and get into relationships. I began to think that I needed to be the one to come save her. Uh, instead of being uh, be her completing me or I completing her, I was the one who came to save her and rescue her when I needed rescuing myself and therefore causing me to not have successful um, healthy relationships, and hence mm-hmm. we hurt one another. I hurt her, she hurt me. So mm-hmm. I com- in consequent, later I began to, uh, again, look inside and say, okay, Hammond, what is it that is, is really causing your pain? And when I began to identify that um, and began to address it, I began to use exercises for myself practically. A lot of times I would look in the mirror. I would do self-talk, self-reflection, um, read books. Um, spend time in meditation, prayer. I got my spiritual life intact. I joined a church, got involved in this, that, and the other with the church. I mean, and I began to work on me. I ventured out and started my own business. But it basically started with me looking on the inside, identifying some of the things that was causing me pain. And oftentimes, I must tell the listeners, as well as I tell those who I talk to, I know that looking at yourself is sometimes the hardest thing to do, but mm-hmm. we tend to do it every day, whether it's to brush your teeth, do your hair, um, and even hearing Shave. a compliment <laughs> about how well you look. I mean, it's, it's really about self, but when it comes to taking a look at pain, we don't want to look at that. I remember even as a kid when I would scratch my knee or hurt myself and I saw blood, what would be the first thing you'd do? You'd turn away. So you turn away, you don't want to look at blood, you don't want to look at pain, so we don't want to look at ourselves and take a look at why is it that my heart is heavy, why is it my heart is hard, why has my heart been broken so many times. So we want to take Mm -hmm. a look at that, and I began to identify some of the causes. Uh, just like as we would go to a physical doctor for um, a heart exam, mm-hmm. he's going to mm-hmm. look and give you a prognosis of things that he's determined, and he will give you a you know uh, prognosis of what he sees and some things that you need to do. And I just mm-hmm. began to just take a look at myself. Not that I'm a doctor, but I just looked at myself and said, okay, what things I need to implement to better understand the causes and then the solutions for a hard mm-hmm. heart and a broken heart. And I realize again, self-examination, self-talk, reading some real healthy books, watching who I hang around, watched what people were saying, guarding my ears, guarding what I watched. I wanted to be careful not to watch things on television, things that were causing um, me to uh, be involved in stuff that I know I needed not to be involved. Um, so I just began to really take a look at myself, and that's where growth mm-hmm. and development began. 
And so those are some of the things that I share. So I use the same examples um, for um, the sessions mm-hmm. and some of the workshops that, that I do that work for me that has brought a lot of success and deliverance and help and health and healing for a lot of those that I've spoken with. Now, what would you think if, when you look back to the one life lesson you learned as it relates to spiritual heart disease, as you look back on your relationships, because I want to bring this into uh, relationships and how, when you when you talk about looking at yourself, looking internally, uh, I, I think that is so healthy and and hurt. And you said something else about hurting people and how you hurt other people, and that goes into hurting people hurt other people. So, yes. tell us how. What is the one life lesson, if you had to share that, or maybe two, that you learned as it relates to spiritual heart disease, as you look back on your relationships? Mm -hmm. Well, the main thing that really helped me was when I gained the ability to perceive, to see, to recognize. Another Mm -hmm. word that I use uh, and that I define is I began to consider um, some things in my life that brought wholeness and and. As, as I look at the word considerness or consider, it, it basically gives in reference to someone that is uh, meditating and pondering and, and taking a closer look at really what it is that this person is all about. And so one of the best life lessons that have really helped me was I took a seven-year hiatus um, away from relationships, and I began to study um, profusely with various books um, and the big book in which to take a look at relationships and how it relates. And I realized that that's how we were created, to be in relationship with one another um, and our Creator. So I began to take a look at women. I began to study that first um, as I got myself together. I began to take a look at women and how special they were. So I took a very long study and and a long Mm -hmm. break away from being in a relationship and taking a look at how important they were, how valuable they are, um, how important, how how precious uh, they are, um, and, and it just gave me a greater perspective um, for me to now understand the purpose when a man and woman enter into a relationship. What are the things that I am to bring to bring value, to bring encouragement and strength to her to get to her to get to the level where she's desiring to go? And uh, and those were the first things that I began to work on when my heart became spiritually healthy is began to look at relationships as relating to um, a woman, as relating to a wife, as relating to a mother. And I began to do these studies and, and research, which, you know, brought greater awareness and understanding and revelation for me. So that's the first thing I think life lesson is the ability to perceive and understand. It's important because a hard heart dulls the person's ability to perceive and understand. So you're wondering why your relationships aren't working? You're wondering why you keep not being able to stay on the same job? You're wondering why you can't get that raise? You may be wondering why. Why is it that I just, you know, can't seem to get this business off the ground? Why is it that I can't get my, you know, my ideas, you know, uh, fostered and, and working? Because possibly a question mm-hmm. you can ask yourself is my ability to perceive and understand clearly has been dull. So that's the first thing that mm-hmm. I did for me, mm-hmm. and that's the first life lesson that has helped me tremendously, is gaining the ability to see, to recognize, and understand more clearly the purpose and plan for my life. 
That is wonderful, Mr. Bowler, and I'm so glad because relationships truly make up the world, whether it's in a nonprofit, a family, corporation, sports club, sports team, or other collection of people. I mean, there's so little that we actually do on our own, truly. Mm -hmm. And that's why having a clear heart and a lot of love is so important because how you are in your heart has a profound effect on the people around you and how they interact with you and, more importantly, whom you draw to you. So that is great. So I know what I hear you saying is the power of relationships really start with you, with your heart. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to just, before um, I forget, because I don't want to, I want to mention, we talked about hard-hearted, but the broken-hearted, because... I know men are brokenhearted. I know they do. I think when they're brokenhearted, they probably it's a little bit more serious than we women actually think. So can you address that from a male perspective? Because I certainly can share there are a lot of women who have broken hearts, and we blame you guys <laughs> a lot of times. But there are men who have broken hearts. So share some of your experiences uh, with the broken heart, dealing with some of the men and the young men that you've worked with. Well, some of the examples, um, again, that we want to we first talk about is, you mm -hmm. know, how uh, your heart was broken. It, what mm -hmm. through an experience, uh, through an encounter, I call it, uh, there was an encounter that took place in someone's life um, that caused their heart to become heavy and then break. And oftentimes, mm -hmm. we may relate that to trust. Mm -hmm. uh, trust being a very important part of one's life is oh, trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. oftentimes when someone has been violated, when trust has been damaged, uh, mm -hmm. their heart can break. Uh, their heart can be broken. I, I sometimes want to give them also a better understanding of just really what a broken heart can mean. And actually, mm -hmm. if you were to look at it literally, it's like a heart murmur. Your heart skips a beat for a moment like... <gasps> You know, and you just mm -hmm. say, I, I can't believe what just happened. And your heart kind of has a small tear or a break. Now, a break mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's shattered. A break doesn't mean that it can't be repaired. The, the goodness about that is also, you know, there's a scripture that talks about God will not despise a broken and a contrite heart. So a broken mm -hmm. heart is really not, in some of the workshops I do and some men that I talk to, as well as women, that a broken heart is not a bad thing. A broken heart is a repairable thing that can be done and fixed um, with certain steps and remedies that we need to take a look at. So for some of the young men, um, a lot of times their hearts become broken through a lot of things that happen in their uh, classrooms, things that happen in their schools, some things that mm -hmm. happen at home. Um, oftentimes mm -hmm. I hear some of the, the, the young men that are talking about um, the inability for uh, love from the dad, uh, touching, mm -hmm. um, hanging out, spending time. Um, mm -hmm. The father is more consumed, or the dad is consumed with other things, um, which is not saying it's a bad thing, but there needs to be balance. So we talk mm -hmm. about balance, and we talk about um, how we can communicate how we feel um, as the heart's been broken. Because a, a broken heart doesn't mean that you um, cannot communicate. So we want to stress that, that a lot of the men and women need to have the courage to still communicate, my heart was broken, something that you did, something you said. I can't believe mm -hmm. you just told me that I was trifling and that I will never mm -hmm. amount to anything. I can't believe you said that to me, but you know what? I have to say to you, I am worthy. I am confident, and I can achieve some things. So there mm -hmm. was an attempt to try to ruin me or destroy me with your words, because we know words can create as well as words can destroy. 
Out of the mm-hmm. abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever the condition of your heart is, your mouth mm-hmm. or your words are conducive to how damaged your heart can be. So, in fact, when you take a look at, say, the reason why they may have said something that was so hurtful is not because you are damaged, that you are no good. It's because they're not feeling good about themselves. So I try to walk them through understanding that brokenness is not really a terrible, bad thing. We just need to understand how we can remain confident, how we can operate through some forgiveness, even though you may feel that you have a right to hold on to that. But if -hmm. you're holding on to it, the only person that's hurting is you. You're not getting any good sleep at night, and they are. So we need to learn and identify, I want to get some good sleep at night, so what steps do I need to take, what things I may need to do to implement in my life, to be confident again, and to, to heal my heart for it to not to be continue to be broken. So what you talked about, the steps for healing a broken heart, and I want to get to that. Can you give me uh, three or four steps uh, that you advise people in how to heal this broken heart? Very good. Uh, one of the steps that we talk about is, uh, you mentioned earlier, is walking mm-hmm. in um, repentance and forgiveness. So what, what I mean by that is we want to first acknowledge that we mm-hmm. are hurt. And a lot of times, again, it's, it's difficult. That's one of the most hardest steps uh, that mm-hmm. we work through is the admitting and uh, identifying and owning up that I'm hurt. We have built mm-hmm. up so many defense mechanisms and so many walls that we have become callous. And so we all know what a callus does to you. When you have a callus somewhere, it's numb to anything that it rubs up against or feels. So you begin to not feel anymore. So end up with you not feeling anymore, what does that mean? When you don't feel, that really hinders you in being successful in any kind of relationship. And we will try to force ourselves to get into relationships when we have callousness. So that's the first step, is to realize and understand that I need antidotes for my heart condition. I need to understand and recognize that the effect Mm -hmm. of my heart is causing me not to become successful. So the first step is to be true repentant. It's more simply than just saying something, but you have a resolute feeling of a steadfast determination to walk through the necessary steps, as painful as it is, to say to yourself, I'm going to choose today to release, to cancel the debt, and forgive that thing that used to hurt me. That's the first step. We want to talk about, you know, just repentance Mm -hmm. and the forgiveness step, and which is one of the hardest ones, uh, go through, which takes takes time because, you know, again, looking at pain, Mm -hmm. who wants Mm -hmm. to look at pain? But that's our first step. Secondly, um, once we identify, we want to begin to lead into a... Uh, a self-confession. There's handouts that I give for uh, all those to keep and, and remain with them. And um, the, the, the boys program uh, that I uh, run as well, uh, they loved the, the, one of the best classes that they really enjoyed was uh, what we called affirmations. <laughs> so anyway, out of graduation, you know, out of the graduation, most of the boys that walked across the stage had said, one of the best classes, you know, Mr. Bolden was affirmations. So affirmations <laughs> has literally turned people's lives around. Absolutely. We, uh, we're talking about kids, uh, young boys who were, you know, C's and D's to A's and B's. And I, I have it documented that, uh, you know, progress reports and report cards when they were in, you know, average grades of C's and D's. And, and as they get ready to graduate, they gave me the report cards and they got A's and B's. Uh, GPA skyrocketed all because 
of affirmation. So that's number two, of course, is affirming. And Hammond, you may say, what do you mean by affirming? Well, you need to say to yourself a, a word that affirms. Another word I use is called declaration. So you may need to declare. Sometimes affirming may not be enough. So you may need to just literally make a declaration, <laughs> what we call a line drawn in the sand, where you are not going to cross that line any longer in Jake's name. I'm just going to stand firm on I am as successful, I am determined to, to fulfill my destiny and my dreams. I am walking with healthy heart. I am going to make sure that I accomplish what I point out to do today. So we will go through affirmations in the classroom. Uh, we will go through declarations that they will start declaring to themselves, spending some time in the mirror, whether it's five minutes. And that's mm-hmm. my recommendation is to start small, but you must commit to small. So if it's small five minutes a day, Please commit to five minutes a day and just save maybe four days a week. So five minutes a day for four days a week, commit to that small goal and watch what happens into your second week. Five minutes, all of a sudden you're talking more and you're into ten minutes. Instead of four days, it's like every day. But we do start with small goals in our second step of affirmations and declarations. That's wonderful. Um uh, what are there, you know, I just really love this and this discussion we've had today. One of the things, uh, Mr. Bolden, uh, are there some nutritional ca- uh, categories to this heart health? We've talked a lot uh, about steps to heal the hard-hearted and the broken-hearted, and those steps I've written down, and I hope that people you'll share with your friends and you'll da- have them download this uh, show so that you can hear some of these steps to heal because I know there's so many people that have been, their trust has been betrayed, they've been violated, their hearts are broken, and I tell you, so many people are walking in defeatedness and walking not in the destiny and their purpose because of these two heart conditions. Now, I know there are nutritional categories to be mindful of heart health and spiritual health. So I want you to give us some of the nutritional categories to be mindful of as we walk in spiritual heart healthness. <laughs> Good question. And uh, what we do talk about is we need to be involved, and, I lead, and actually I lead them into a confession with this part, and I ask them to repeat after me, and it's just we need, I need to be involved in activities that increase my spiritual perception, my physical perception and ability and understanding. So we mm-hmm. want to get involved in activities. What do you mean by activities, you know, Mr. Bolden? Activities. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a, a 10-minute brief walk outside your house, start right walking out your front door and just put your timer on for 10 minutes, then just turn around. You don't have to map out a direction. You don't have to sit up here and, you know, and, and have the right app on your phone and, and this, that, and other. Just get your watch and just say, okay, I'm walking out my front door in either direction as we can either go left or right. Can't go straight across the street unless you want to just do a, you know, a three-step walk across to your neighbor's house. I'm talking about take a little 10-minute brief walk and get involved in an activity. From there, maybe get your children involved in an activity if you have children. Uh, activity. Children love to be in something that shows camaraderie. Uh, it also shows you of, of your social skills. Um, another teaching that uh, I also talk about is real-time versus FaceTime. 
And uh, that's a whole different subject. But the point is, is that a lot of us are caught up in real time instead of FaceTime, meaning we're social media bugs. We want to use our thumbs to communicate to people instead of using our mouths and our words. We will use all kinds of different abbreviations to try to describe how we feel. And it's our younger generation that barely even knows their emotions, and they're trying to communicate those things over via text or, you know, over the Internet. So we, that's the first thing is to get involved in a physical activity. Uh, secondly, I ask uh, to foster healthy communication with either your loved one or with your children. What do you mean by fostering healthy communication? Uh, begin to sit around the dinner table and let's get a subject matter, a topic that we can talk about. It doesn't have to mm -hmm. be recent tragedy events that have happened, you know, over in South Carolina. No, I'm talking about recent, you know, just a nice healthy topic about how was school today. Um, the parents can talk about work today. And it's basically your breeding communication that you're taking time to explain to your family or explain to a friend how your day was. And you're putting that into words. It causes your brain and your heart to function in sync. You're thinking of what, how you're going to express how you felt. Thank Remember, you. we are emotional Thank beings. Thank you. Yes. Thank so you. Those are, so those are the couple of things we talk about, of mm -hmm. course, again, activity, get involved, then, of course, foster healthy communication that mm -hmm. we have to have, and begin to read. Begin to read books that enhance your, your thinking. That, um, you know, I always used to say this, your, your output can never exceed your input. So you need to put something in there in order to have something to come out of there. Then you need to also, step three, be familiar with, Spiritual concepts and principles. How does things work? It's, it's called the law of so seed time and harvest. You know, sowing and reaping. We're going to have to close. I, I hate, oh. Mr. Bolden, <laughs> to yeah. cut you off. <laughs> but Because you're on a roll. Uh, one last yes. point, because I, it's getting that time that we're going to have to oh, leave. I hate this, but I know we've only scratched the surface of these truths that God has shown you about how the heart can be softened. And I want to encourage you uh, to keep on teaching the truths of God's love and the simple, profound truth that one has the power to determine what the heart accepts or rejects. One last point, Mr. Bolton, before we leave. Mr. Just Bolton. Be encouraged. Uh -huh. Be encouraged that you can do it. All right. You can become I want to thank you spiritual, so much. heart healthy. I want to thank you so much. Uh, for being on the show today. I know we've only touched on some of your discussion today, but I want to wish you much success as you carry out your mission on your transformation journey to teach and reach and empower more young people, particularly our men, to develop a healthy heart to enjoy healthy relationships. And I'm sure you listeners have benefited from having you share your wisdom and knowledge today. Thank you for being such an inspiration to many men out there a true champ of passion and commitment to help shape the future lives of young men and women spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So as we wrap up the show today, we learn by caring more. We learn by learning. We learn by loving more. We learn by bearing with things we cannot change. And so I want to thank you for listening today. Remember, we learn by truly giving our best and expecting our best, and learning that a hard-hearted and a broken-hearted heart will not work. 
learning you need to enjoy the now. Make sure you have plenty of joy and love each day. I want to wish you a very, very blessed week. Listen in next week as I will have another dynamic guest on the show, Transformation for Success. This is Dr. B, your success coach, signing off. Until next Tuesday, be forever transformed for greatness. And thank you again, Mr. White. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an outstanding week.